1: Quality Shoes, craftsmanship and customer service. Wagner Quality Shoes, a 6th generation Pittsburgh-based shoe store that dates back to 1854, meets the expectation of craftsmanship their name implies in an unconventional way. Founder Peter Wagner, son of a cobbling family from Burscheid, Germany, came to the United States in 1849. His shoes exemplified the legacy of superior craftsmanship transmitted to him over countless generations, a factor which undoubtedly set Wagner quality shoes apart from the competition. After the second generation, however, the Wagners stopped manufacturing their own products and transitioned to a strictly retail operation. Yet despite no longer making the shoes, they have retained a loyal customer base over the subsequent four generations of ownership. Their business has survived economic tribulations not limited to world wars, the Great Depression and several recessions. We sat down with sixth generation family business member Mark Wagner to discuss his family's long and storied history, what craftsmanship means in the modern marketplace and what it is like trying to compete against online retail giants. Enjoy this episode with Mark. We're really delighted that you guys have decided to be part of our special feature on Craftsmanship. Mark, tell us a little bit more about it. Tell us about Wagner and how it all started out. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, so um, obviously, yeah, it was 1854 and I, I didn't really do the math until this morning. I think it's 165 years now. So it was Peter Wagner. He came from a small town in Germany called Bruchade in 1849. He came from a cobbling family. From all accounts, he was very smart and extremely motivated. And he came here, and by 1854, he was able to basically purchase an existing shoe store and put his own business practices in the place, and it was Wagner Shoes. And So it went from Peter to his two sons, John and Sylvester. They were the second generations. They're very interesting in the fact that their business model basically boiled down to equal treatment to all. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that time, that was obviously not something that you saw everywhere, probably something you didn't see most places. And having that philosophy on the sales floor was a big part of their emphasis on customer service and you know how successful the business became. So they were the second generation. Third generation was my great-grandpa. He probably endured... More unfortunate circumstances than anyone else through the business between the Great Depression and then I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Great Flood of 1936. Mm -hmm. That was in Pittsburgh and it was devastating for the city. Between the Depression and the Great Flood, I I think there were eight Wagner shoe stores and then after both of those things, there went down to three. So he, Mm -hmm. he saw a lot. And then my grandpa, who we've referred to, is still the face of the store. He's the fourth generation. He's 91. He comes in. He still does the bank deposits. (laughs) we'll, We'll wait on people who are 70 years old, and they'll say that he sold them their first pair of shoes ever. I mean, He has literally been in the store since he was 10 years old. But yeah, he came into the store after serving in the Korean War things were not good after everything I'd mentioned with the floods and the Great Depression and Wagner's had a lot of had a lot of debts it was not a good time to be in the business so I would think most people who had their wits about them wouldn't have even come into the business but my grandpa was he loved it he had done it his whole life he knew he was gonna do it he knew the challenges and he still came in to me I, I mean that's just terrifying but he did it and he turned the store around and then my dad, he is currently running it. He's involved in a lot of operation. He's the fifth, and I'm the sixth generation.
1: Wow, and, and did you also volunteer to join or did you get a phone call at some point from your grandpa or your dad and being like, you know, you're coming into the business, son? Yeah. Or yeah, how yeah. did that work out for you?
0: So I, our stores are in Pittsburgh. I am from right outside of Pittsburgh. I had basically not, I can't take credit, like my grandpa I hadn't been working in the store since since I was 10. But basically through high school, I was selling shoes on the floor, stockboying, doing things like that. And then I went to college at a small private school here in Pittsburgh called Duquesne University. I worked in the business through college as well. And then I came out and I, and I, I knew that I was, I wanted to be involved. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be involved right out of school, but. I don't know. I was just getting closer and closer to graduation and I was taking job interviews and I just nothing else felt like it made the same amount of sense. I knew I was going to be happy doing this. I came right in after school. And that was about 40 years ago. So,
1: And no regrets so far. You OK? No
0: regrets. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's good. That's good. So, I mean, that's like a, it's really interesting to hear. You see, so you mentioned like, you know, every generation obviously faced its own challenges and then the next generation potentially picked up the slack hat maybe also like times more in its favor whether politically natural catastrophes all of these things play a role but then also the industry uh the shoemaking industry has changed so many times over the last 150 plus years right i mean that's insane how our relationship to shoes has changed the industry has changed so what what have you learned from your grandfather and your dad? Like they went through very different eras of the shoemaking industry, and now you're facing again a totally different reality as to what that product means to us as consumers. So, what kind of insights can you give us there?
0: It's interesting because you're you're right. I mean, especially with retail, every generation had their challenges. Like you know, with my grandpa and dad, you know what what they were dealing with, it was the big box stores, it it was the malls, it was the catalogs, it was These stores that were opening up, and they literally had a hundred times more shoes than what we had. You know, how do we, how how do you compete against someone like Mm. that where our selection is a one hundredth of what these other places offer? And you know, that was always their big fear. And you know, with me, it's digital. How do we compete with something like digital where there's so much convenience and you can just in three clicks have a new pair of shoes? And really, the answer has come down to the same thing since wagons have been around, you know, with the first and second generations, we're on we're on a main drag here. And there was five or six shoe stores fifty years ago on this drag. So I mean they're in basically the bottom line is it's always come down to is that we are going to service our customers better. We're going to have the nicest staff, the most knowledgeable staff, the most patient staff. And honestly our product is important, but our customer service is what keeps the lights on and keeps the doors open. I think community and public knows us more for our customer service and that's basically our defense mechanism against all of these different things
1: so you you just mentioned it so digital digitization obviously but also just the role that shoes play in everybody's life so i mean that product has gone from something that people used to buy Once in a blue moon would be something really special to buy a pair of shoes to, uh, you know, it almost becoming uh, a disposable item. Like people buy so many shoes and at such low prices and stuff like that. How do you experience the customer's relationship to your product today? Like, you know, do you feel like when they interact with Wagner shoes, like there's still that sort of love for something that lasts and that there's craftsmanship behind it? Or do you feel that is increasingly becoming less important to the customer?
0: No, I don't think it's becoming less important. Our customer base is very niche, and it, it's—we don't have tons of people who are shopping with us just because they want to go shoe shopping that day. Mm-hmm. It's much more beyond that. It's we sell high-end shoes that are also comfortable and supportive. Where I would say eight out of ten customers that come in, they're coming in because. They need help. They're not coming in just thinking, ah, you know, I I woke up this morning, I was in the mood to buy a pair of sandals. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to come to Wagner's. I mean, we think we get those customers, but our customer base are the people who are coming to us because we have answers. You know, we, it's, whether it's plantar fasciitis or whether it's bone spurs or whatever the thing is, is our, our customers are coming to us because it's not necessarily shoes they need It's, the answers to their question in relief to their pain and that sort of satisfaction a lot of time.
1: How does it work for you in terms of like, you know, when you want to suggest innovation? So you're actually faced with like two prior generations in your family business right now. So it's like the three, three generations now that has a lot of advantages, but also obviously can be a deterrent, right? Like sometimes if you want to uh, try something new or something like that, like, you know, how, how does it work in terms of communication between you guys and the family?
0: even with my grandpa who's 91 i mean he's just so sharp and aware and it can be really hard to try and tell a 91 year old about this age of digitalization but i mean he he understands he understands that the world is changing and that you don't turn your back on those things and i might my dad he's the same way and that's a lot of the kind of stuff that I'm pushing. You know, I understand that at the core, we are customer service. We're a brick and mortar store. We should sell shoes out of our store, but we can't turn our back on everything that's happening. So, Mm. you know, even in like the last three or four years, you know, we have a new website. We are doing so much more social media marketing. We're doing so much more email marketing and push notifications that way. And that we know that, we have to adapt to these things. And, and, you know, with my dad and grandpa, those kind of things weren't something that they were always thinking about until I came in. And I think with a lot of people, they could have just been completely closed-minded and told me I was wasting my time with this stuff, but, you know, they don't understand a lot of it, but they, they support it all, you know, and they understand that we have to be open-minded to these things and we have to be open to change. And, I think when I talk to other people in the industry, uh, people my age, it sounds like in so many of those family dynamics that I mean that that's the most challenging things for the younger generations to help move the older generations and explain to them how important it is to acclimate to these things and i and I think with you know with these people who have had businesses that are so successful for so long, it's easy to have an ego it's easy to think that. Everything you did got you to this point. So why would I change that? And my dad and grandpa, they've been so successful in this business, but they're always willing to hear me out and learn new things and to try new things. So it's, it's great.
1: It was probably that attitude that has made them successful in the first place, right? Like I said, that ability to change and always adapt and stuff like that. So that's amazing to see that they've been able to keep that alive even in advanced age. But, you, you know, you're actually addressing something, Mark, that has, seems to be like a challenge for a lot of family businesses in crafts or like, you know, who are in, as you said, like in niche businesses and stuff like that, doing something very specific, very tailored, highly personalized, right? Like in many respects, how do you do what you're just describing? Like, you know, you modernize to a certain extent, you go into these new channels like social media and and you brand things more. Is it compatible really with like, you know, that image of a really traditional business? Like, you know, how do you keep that sense of Wagner shoes, which has that history? I mean, undeniably, that history is there. You guys have been in these people's lives for like, you know, so long, how do you make that transition smooth so that your identity doesn't get lost and so that your traditions still are valued?
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, like it was for, for someone like me, who my, you know, my grandpa, my dad, they're very humble. They don't like talking about the rich history of it all. And they just don't like getting into it. And then I came out of school and I, you know, I wanted to help in whatever way I could. And that rich history was just like, this is just like the lowest hanging fruit out there. This is, this is so easy to get this message across. And it would be so easy to garner enthusiasm and a following on all these channels just through talking about everything. And so much of what I do on social media is put out there, the story of everything. So like I'm doing it, I'm, I'm putting out our, our old timey values in, in our history, but I'm doing it in a digital way new era way of getting that across. And it's, it really is just amazing how you get to see content and how people react to content. And, you know, some days I'll I'll try and get super modern and up to date with our stuff. I'll send out a post about our digital foot analysis machine, you know, something that really makes us look cutting edge. And that just gets a so-so reaction on a lot of these different channels. But if I send something out about how in nineteen forty five we were doing something like yada 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 just showing off that history. I mean it's just amazing how how well mm. that kind of stuff is received and it's just there's just there's so much history, and for me it's made like my job is helping with the marketing. It's just been very very easy and fulfilling
1: so you you recommend nostalgia as a marketing strategy for family businesses and crafts
0: big time yeah yeah the the nostalgia, the history. The sense of community. We're in a very cool and storied area of Pittsburgh and getting back to those roots as well. It's called Lawrenceville here. We're just so proud to be in Lawrenceville and we're proud to have been here for so long and just marketing about our customers, our history and, and where we are in the city. It's just that kind of stuff is so important to us and it's very well received with our customer base as well.
1: And how do you see the future of the, the craft itself? Do you think it's going to be around, uh, it's going to survive all the innovation and all the sort of like mass production that it has survived until now? But like, do you think that shoemaking will ever entirely disappear or like take a totally different shape?
0: I, I wish, you know, I had an answer to that question <laughs> that would be, that would make my life a lot more, less stressful. <laughs> you know, I, I think the trends are already moving towards a way where you kind of are getting an idea of who's going to be able to last and and who isn't going to last in these things. I mean, it's, it's funny. And my grandpa will say these big box stores, these malls, I mean, this is 30 years ago. This is who my grandpa had convinced himself that was going to take us out of business. And now they're the ones who are shutting doors. And and it, and it really is. We always talk about it at the store. Now we are at a point where, everything at our store you can get you can find it anywhere now there's nothing there's no exclusivity to any sort of product anymore everything is so available now and so that's really not our identity moving forward it's not who we are we're not a we're not a shoe store that carries new balance and johnson and murphy and red wing it we're a shoe store that provides service that you can't find anywhere else i mean that is really what makes us different and you know if you get customers who come in by referral it's you don't get a customer saying oh yeah i came in here my friend said you guys have a really nice selection of brand x they they don't come in saying that they said oh i came in because my friend told me that no one takes care of you like they do at wagner's i mean that's Mm -hmm. why people are continuing to come in it's not because we have the hottest shoe on the line that everyone wants right now. Because reality—if that's all you're coming in for, you don't have to come to our store to do it. You can do it in an easier way.
1: Is there—is there anyone in the family who who is still a shoemaker themselves, or did your grandfather ever learn? No, not really.
0: We know we know a lot of the we know a lot of shoe tricks, but <laughs> no, we do not. Uh, no, we none of us. I, I think it was actually, mm. I think the first and second generations. Um were cobblers, but
1: beyond that, no I think beyond just... that, no, so that so that went lost. and basically, so you really focused on the the retail experience became your craft and so it's so interesting actually, how these things transition, but then you are and you will always be known and associated with this uh with this craft and with the with with the shoes, basically, so it's so interesting,
0: yeah, yeah, and so I, I mean, just I guess just to your point about the whole digital thing is, yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe it does end up. There's there'll be no physical shopping in, in thirty years and it's all gonna be done by a click of a mouse. But if anyone is equipped to fight this stuff and to and to continue to adapt to all of the changes as well. We're not gonna just keep doing what we're doing as we're ignoring everything that's happening over here. We're going to adapt, but we also understand our identity and sticking to that is is, is definitely the best way. And we're we're more than confident in Our business is healthy, our business is growing. Um, So, you know, we we feel really good about where we're at.
1: Well, this is amazing. And you've made us feel really good about it too now. So (laughs) now we're excited. Literally, we won't walk our shoes too. So, this is really cool. Um, Thanks so much, Mark.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much.
1: Take care. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now. On iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.